Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 188. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. So today I want to read a small portion um, from John chapter 9. Um, this is regarding the, um, the healing of a man who was born blind. Um, you may be familiar with this uh, passage and story, um, but if not, there's there are some, some pretty fascinating and thought-provoking things that we can learn from it. Um, I don't have anything prepared for this. Um, I've had some thoughts about it before. Um, we'll just let um, let the Lord lead our discussion and, uh, and just kind of discuss some things as we go along. So this is uh, John chapter 9, uh, starting in verse 1. It says, As he went along... He saw a man blind from birth. Now we're speaking of Jesus, he. As Jesus went along, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So this here is kind of telling because it illustrates the perspective of his disciples and most likely the thought of the time that um, when someone was born with some sort of infirmity or uh, disability, that it was the result of sin. Um, you may recall uh, Old Testament scripture that that talks of, um, you know, visiting the sins of the parents to the such and such generation. Well, um, <clears throat> no doubt this is has may may have something to do with this perspective that they held. Well, um, in verse three, Jesus says something that probably uh, stretches them in their both understanding and maybe their paradigm. But he says, Jesus responds, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, I want to stop there because um, that's, that's kind of a tough thing to take. Um, you know, the, the disciples and those gathering effectively thought that this man was blind because either him or his parents had sinned. And Jesus said it wasn't either him or his parents that sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So it would appear, at least from what we can gather from the text, that this man's blindness was the result of what we could call it maybe a setup. Um, it sounds a bit inhumane and uncaring that 
a man would be blind for all these years, unable to appreciate his sight, just because God wanted to um, manifest himself and his power and his ability, uh, it says, so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And we we probably have a an inclination or a, a likelihood to, when we hear this, kind of recoil and maybe say that doesn't seem very fair. Um, you know, we we sympathize with this blind man. Uh, it kind of sounds like uh, maybe a raw deal, and. Depending too on what um, what stream of of people that you uh, flow with or um, kind of glean from, that may present challenges to your let's call it doctrine or your way of thinking, your persuasion um, in terms of of healing. And sickness or illness, um, a lot of people would have difficulty acknowledging, or um, we'll say we'll use the word confessing. Maybe that that's anything other than wholeness would come from God. Um, sickness, disease, death, we would gravitate towards. It's that's a satanic influence. Um. And without getting into, uh, you know, the argument of, you know, who caused it, who's the source of it, etc., um, it is clear from the text that the reason this man was born blind was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, there, I have an, an inclination that there is so much in just that statement alone that the works of God might be displayed in him. It jumps out to me quite a bit of the word might. The works of God might be displayed. When I think of that word, I think of possibility. Um, of course, you can think of it as in terms of strength and ability, but um, maybe to see it, at least I think contextually here, in the context of that it could be displayed. Notice that the word is not would be displayed as though... There was no other option but that it would be displayed. We could use or substitute the word may be displayed. Now this is rather thought-provoking because it, it gives us a possibility that of something else could happen. If you say, I may go to the grocery store tonight... Um, well, then that that leaves some room for you could or you could not. So we find 
quite often in the ministry of Jesus, in, in various encounters and dialogues that he has with people, we find ourselves often in these places of um, gray area, not explicit moments. Um, this we're not talking about compromise and you know, um, you know, right versus wrong. We're not, we're not talking about this. We're we're talking about areas of of what seems to be vagueness or um, veiled language. And we may have talked about this before in other episodes, but um, sometimes you just wish you could ask Jesus, why, you know, why couldn't you have just been, you know, more explicit or um, detail things in just a different way? Why does it sometimes seem a little bit shadowy and, um, and difficult to navigate? Um, you get a hundred people in a room discussing the same scenario, and you come out with fifty or more different conclusions because, well, it's not it's not always just as cut and dry as you would think, especially in our varying degree of understanding and our experiences and all these factors that can go into navigating scripture. And so, when you think about this. This word, might, to me it lends itself to an opportunity. There is an opportunity present for, for God's work to um, be displayed. So there was an opportunity that this man could be a catalyst for a displaying of uh, God's uh, power, his superiority over illness and sickness and disease and the like. And so that's something that stands out here just in the moment as we navigate this. Um, But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. There's also something that comes to mind when when I think of of that phrase, uh, the works of God. Um, depending on again, um, in the faith who you roll with, um, you you may find some kind of animosity to the idea of um, works, not so much in the sense of you know, earning something, but uh, the demonstration of God. Because that's what this is contextually referring to. The works of God may be displayed. It's a, a visual demonstration of something that God can do. And so depending on who you're surrounded with and the voices that are kind of pouring into you or who you're feeding off of, um, there may be some animosity against this um, kind of pretext of of the demonstration of God's power. Um, but we we see here that that's a a very deep vein of what is what is attempting or what is available inside of this moment. It's a, 
an encounter to where a demonstration of God's ability over whatever it is that's present uh, in, that's inferior to the reality of God, whether whatever, it's sickness or illness, disease, deformity, uh, infirmity, any of that. And so I, I want to caution, um, especially if you're one of those people who take great issue with you know, this, this idea of you know, what, we, what you hear sometimes called signs and wonders, these, this uh, demonstration of God's, abil- of God's ability and power. Um, yes, they, they do get abused in, in many ways, and, and much of it can be very uh, embarrassing to the Christian faith and uh, horrific. Some of, the, uh, uh, some of the casualties that have been a result of that. Um, but, you know, don't allow the unfaithfulness of some to, to derail the wholeness that is available inside of Scripture. So don't fall into the trap of um, discounting or trying to be an adversary of the, the mighty outworkings of God's power in both what we call signs and wonders, a demonstration of God's ability. So I caution you um, with that. Um, but this man, it, Jesus effectively is saying, is this way because it's God's intention that his ability could be displayed in him. Now, that's another thing that jumps out to me in this moment. In him. Now, we know this man is blind, which means he can't see, which means his life is greatly affected, no doubt. Um, there could be some of you listening even now that um, may, may have uh, you know, either bad sight, um, no sight, could be blind as well. And so, um, no, no doubt that this man's life is greatly altered as a result of his condition. And so, when we think of his, in when we think of his condition of not having sight, you don't necessarily think so much of this phrase in him. It's more his issue seems more of an external one. Um, but something we also should not forget is that before, um, you know, th- there may be an outward thing that God wants to do in, in your life in, or in each one of our lives. There's definitely an outward thing. But I think that first and foremost, before the external, is there's an inner work that God wants to do. And Jesus gives the explanation, you know, if your you know, left hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter into eternity uh, with one less hand than to, uh, to burn um, in the fires of hell. So, you know, he, he, there is a greater value on the inner life than there is on the external. Now, that's not to say that 
that Jesus does not value the external. Of course he does. He demonstrates that tirelessly within his ministry of all the lives that he touches in a external way. And so we must um, we must marry this idea that God is is concerned with the external and the internal, but there is a greater reality that is um, more important in each of our lives, and that's our inner life. From from the place of the inner life flows out into all other facets of our of our outer life, and so. There's more here that Jesus wants to touch um, as it relates to this man's situation rather than just his sight. His, the fixing of his sight is a direct you know, uh, outworking of what he wants to do inwardly. And sometimes you may come across people or yourself even where... God does something externally as an invitation to an inner working. Um, it, it, we don't know exactly um, what God's strategy is. Uh, sometimes he shares that with us and we can participate with it, but um, we don't always understand. And so there's some this, there's this trust that comes into play. Um, but sometimes an external work is an invitation to the internal work that he desires to do. Um, but no doubt, the inner life is much more substantive than, than just an external working, though we value both. But notice here, it's in him, in the blind man. Okay. So let's, let's continue to value the inner life. Um, Jesus continues on in what he's saying in this moment. As long as it is day, verse 4, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, you, you may recall um, in, I think, maybe Matthew, um, we read that Jesus actually tells um, his disciples and those who would come after him, you are the light of the world. So he comes into the world, becomes the light of the world, and then he goes on to develop that and say, now you are the light of the world. And so... It's really important to to realize that there is this impartation that happens, this uh, translocation, if you will, of the light. Um, it's not that Jesus is absent of the light now because he gave it to us, um, but he has um, he has created that light um, at, that each of us carries, um, being um, children of God, um, and so. I think we go forward throughout our, our days, our weeks, our months, remembering that um, that things happen to people for various reasons. It's not to mean that um, 
sin doesn't get judged and punished and you know demonstrated in the physical life of of people that does happen um and it's also not to say that every uh, issue that we have is the result of a sin of ours or um, perhaps someone else's. Um, Jesus ex- explained that here in this instance. It was uh, there was a different purpose behind it. So, you know, oftentimes it's not this cookie cutter approach to understanding why things are the way they are. And so I think Jesus kind of teases that out a little bit here. But we, um, but in in all cases, in all situations, God wants to manifest Himself inside of the situation that you find yourself in, uh, that I find myself in. Um, the question is, do we have the eyes to see where God is moving or present in that situation, and how can He get um, the most glory and praise and honor through it? So I think that's um, our challenge uh, as we go through the week is um, how can we be aware and appreciate what God is doing, partner with it, partner with what He is doing, and then in in the best way that we can uh, cooperate and magnify His glory so that He can demonstrate His sovereignty, His ability over every other inferior thing. Uh, remembering that He is the light and He has imparted that light unto us so that we are also the light of the world. And so um, I just pray that uh, any anyone listening who may have any uh, sickness or illness, infirmity, uh, any disease, any anything that um, seems to um, hold you back, to uh, to draw you down, um, that in Jesus' name you would be delivered of it, uh, that that Jesus would show his sovereignty over your issue. And even if it doesn't come, which I believe somebody somewhere listening will, will find deliverance, uh, just as listening to this, they will find freedom and deliverance from their infirmity. But for those that are listening that are believing for it, that don't receive it yet. Just remember that um, even in spite of the obstacle, God is wanting to manifest Himself uh, through your situation, both to you and to the world around you, uh, so that He gets glory in whatever the situation is. And it, and it will ultimately turn around for, for the good of those who love Him and are called to His purpose. So I encourage you um, as you go through your week, I thank you for being with me on this episode. I hope and pray that it encourages you and blesses you. And um, those that are listening can find deliverance, healing, and wholeness uh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment.